holds Ario Masudi and Brett Nevitt and Florida State Baseball. This weekend, they hit the road to Louisville, Kentucky, the Bluegrass State, and they take on the Louisville Cardinals, who are uh, one of the best teams in the country. We will preview that matchup here on this episode. We're also going to recap a, a very disappointing loss by the Knowles to the JU Dolphins on Tuesday night, and uh, that one was tough to watch um, for a lot of reasons. And I think, Brett, you know, let's go ahead and jump into that. Um, I do want to remind everybody that we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and on Google Pods. Uh, we appreciate your listenership, and we hope that you can uh, continue to to share this with your friends. And, and please give us five stars and um, leave us a comment and a review and um, keep asking your questions. Uh, we love to do that and continue this FSU baseball season. But, all right, well, Brett, 8-7 to seven against Jacksonville. Not going to get it done. Um, JU is awful. Uh, six and eighteen on the year coming in. Um, yes, they had a, a individual wins against UCF and against Florida, but that um, that is not the type of team I think you can afford to lose to in a midweek. Um, Florida State's RPI, I think you mentioned to me, dropped over thirteen spots, um, and the way in which I think it played out might have been the most d- disappointing. Just not a good game. I mean. Um... You know, even with a win, Florida State's RPI was going to drop. So that kind of tells you the team they were playing. But, um, you know, sometimes it is just baseball. But Florida State should have – I mean, they had chances to win. They blew two leads. Um, You know, it's just – and you had opportunities to put it away. Um, Just overall not a good night. Um, It's obviously just a midweek game. But like we talked about how important each game has become with the regional setup now – um, it was definitely a tough one for Florida State, just because, like you said, they dropped a good bit in RPI. Um, you know, they had gotten some help earlier in the night from teams they had played winning, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to um, make light of that of that game very much, I think. And I guess we should start from the beginning because the Knowles got down um, nearly immediately. Uh, Carson Montgomery was on the hill and not efficient. Um, that's kind of been, you know, at times the knock on him this season has been. Um, he struggles to find the strike zone consistently, and that's what got him out of the weekend rotation. Um, we thought maybe we saw some things against you know UF and UCF that could have been positive for him moving forward, but um, I think it's a step back for him. I mean, I, I just think it's it's you know the stuff is the stuff, right? Like he's nasty. No one's going to argue that his pure stuff is is as good as anyone in the state of Florida. Um, maybe in the country. I mean, not named, you know, lighter or rocker. Like that, like his stuff is really good. But you got to be able to hone it in at some point. And I think, you know, you were the one who mentioned to me that it's always been that one inning that's kind of got him in trouble where he just completely loses the zone um, against the Dolphins. It was the very first inning. Yeah, super roller coaster um, outing. You know, I think he had, um, you know, he had the four straight balls to the walk with one out in the first inning. Gets down 3-0, I think, to the next guy and ends up walking him on a full count. Um, you know, doesn't get much help from the defense. Doesn't help himself much either. Um, you know, I think he had a couple wild pitches. Tyler Martin makes an error. Florida State can't turn a double play. Um, you know, puts yourself in a hole there early with some sloppy pet play. But for Montgomery, it was just a crazy roller coaster of an outing, really. Um, you know, gives up another run in that second inning on two hard hit balls. I think one was a double. Um I think third inning he went one, two, three, and seven pitches and, and went one strikeout on a slider. And the next inning, you know, he gives up back-to-back hits leadoff inning 
and then he goes three straight strikeouts to put guys away. It's just up and down, up and down. And, you know, he, I think he gives up another leadoff single the next inning, then gets a double play, then gives up a homer and a hit by pitch to end his inning. I mean, to end his outing and, um, you know, he doesn't get for through five innings again. Um, you know, I think that's five starts and hasn't gotten through five innings yet. So, yeah, it's, it's worrisome. Um, you know, at some point it's going to click for Carson. I think it's kind of inevitable, but, um, it's starting to get to the point where Florida state needs to sort of go back to the drawing board with them and try to figure out if there's something in the mechanics there, because, um, you know, preseason, he didn't really have many command issues. Um, and it just seems sort of some right, right now it seems that sometimes he can, he can just lose it for certain points. It's just completely, um, doesn't know where the ball is going at times, but, um, you know, when he's in the zone, he's usually pretty good, but he did give up some hard contact last night. Um, so I just think it's Florida state needs to go to the drawing board with him a bit. Cause, um, you know, Florida state's going to be at their best when he's one of their best pitchers. Cause he's got the, the best stuff on the staff. Yeah. You know, I think the, the fastball was about as firm as we've seen it. Um, so far this year, he was up to about 96 at times. Um, I think we saw him run a seven and an eight in the fall, um, you know, once or twice, but I think it's frustrating because we all know the potential that he has. Um, it's a lot like CJ Van Eyck early on in his career where the stuff will jump out immediately over everybody else's. Um, the slider's disgusting. CJ had the, um, the great curveball, Um, but it, like we said, like there are moments where he completely loses it. And um, yeah, I just think I mean, as you get into a postseason and you get closer to a postseason, you got to be able to trust some of your arms and, and, and feel pretty good that he's going to go out there and get the job done. And I think we're still in wait-and-see mode on Carson. Yeah, ex- expectations are, are higher for a reason. And I think um, Carson has a higher expectations himself too. And it's a lot of it's just got to do with we've seen it. I mean, we've, and there's, I mean, we've seen it in regular season too. There's been flashes. I mean, Four no hit innings against Florida in a row. Um, I'm trying to think UCF. He had a couple. I think he won eight strikeouts after three. Um, you know the flashes have been there. Um, so obviously it's in there. It's just the consistency, like we've talked about, like we've said multiple times. Um, it's just a lot of that's got to do with just him. Um, you know Carson's still 18. Carson's a young freshman. Um, there's still a lot of time for him to to get better. It's still a lot of time this year too for him to get better. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, it's definitely like we said, I mean, it's going to be there someday. It's not a long-term worry. It's a, it's a short-term worry. I think for Florida State and what he's going to give you the rest of the year, especially in crunch time. Oh yeah. I mean, Carson Montgomery is your future ace. Like there's no two ways about it. I think that's, that's coming no doubt. And, um, you know, again, in flashes this year, we've seen some, some pretty special ability. And I think, you know, maybe we've got a few more starts to see Carson on the midweeks uh, and I, see what he can do. But. I I just one I know some people had talk, asked me in a couple other places just what I I'm, I think like what I, what I think they're going to do with him. I just think they're going to give Carson every chance and until until it counts in postseason play to to prove to prove himself and and, and figure it out because they know the 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 potential is as high as it gets on the staff. Yeah, and then um, you know I thought the bullpen was okay um they really let one guy um beat them i mean he hits three home runs i think and um man uh after a guy hits two home runs i just you know i understand probably what meat was thinking in terms of you know there's two outs um you got your guy out there you know davis hare has been really dominant this year 
you're you're telling him I'm trusting you, right? Like, go get this guy out. And I get that. I 100% get that. And I don't even think that maybe it was the worst decision in the world to pitch to him. I'm just saying I questioned when he first walked up whether or not you let that kid be the one to beat you. And then, unfortunately, he did. Yeah, after the game, I asked me if they had thought about putting him on and, and what went into pitching to him. Basically said that he's never believed in putting a guy – on base when he's going to be the go-ahead right in the last inning. Um, you know, he said it, it, the only chance, the only way we probably ever do it is, you know, you got a Barry Bonds type of situation and somebody that's at, that's unstoppable. But my thing was, you know, that kid's not Barry Bonds, but he was seeing the ball like Barry Bonds last night. Um, you just, you can't, you can't let one kid beat you. I mean, he had six RBIs. I think they had six earned runs. They all came um, off his bat. Um, you know, I think he had... Were all three of his homers two runs? Or no, one was a solo shot, I think. But another two were two run jacks. So I think he had five RBIs. Um, but, you know, and I know he he brought up also, Meade also brought up his season stats, but, um, you know, his season stats really had nothing to do with that situation right there. Um, you know, I know another, another thing people brought up to me is that, you know, why, why not bring in, um, you know, Kwiatkowski or Scalaro for lefty-lefty, but... Um, you know, Hare is that kind of a backward split guy where he's better against lefties than righties because of his splitter. So, um, don't hate that. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's JU's lineup. It's not like there's going to be a ton of protection for him behind that either. So it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's the letting one guy beat you that I have an issue with. I mean, we have the benefit of hindsight, right? Like that's, that's what the uh, that's what the media's for, is hindsight. Um, I always joke, you know, we're twenty twenty with our hindsight. We always are. Um, but if three home runs in a game isn't Barry Bonds, it's damn near close. So I I don't know. The kid I, had three homers coming into the night. Um, Jacksonville is right. Quintel? Ja- yeah. yeah, Jacksonville is a team had six homers coming into the night. And they, they, they upped it to nine after leaving Dick Hauser. Brett, I was helping out the graphics team um, for that broadcast, and uh, one of my guys next to me, uh, you know, he, he played baseball down in Miami uh, in high school, and, and uh, he actually knew this kid. Um, they played together at Columbus High School. And coming in, he goes, uh, this kid can mash. <laughs> after the first home run, I was like, oh, hey, your boy's pretty good. Uh, and then after the second home run, I'm like, why is he playing at JU? <laughs> and then the third home run, I was like, hey, man, I don't really like your friend. <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> this is this is annoying. The kid pimped his last home run, I mean, he just, I mean, you hit three in a game. You do whatever you want, honestly. I'm, I'm of the belief that baseball needs personality and attitude, and um, I don't mind it. So you don't like it? Don't no, let do I'm it. not saying I don't mind no, I'm it. Saying, it I'm, just, just... I'm out loud kind of just saying it, you know, as like a statement. If oh, you don't yeah. like it, don't let him do it. Um, and you know what? He hit a He hit a splitter. That's what Davis yeah, threw. Well, he the, hung a little bit, you know, but he, I he, thought, he hit it out. I didn't really see Montgomery's pitch to him. Um, Anderson's pitch to him was 0-2, left up, change up. I don't even think it was over the middle, but, um, you know, it was up. It wasn't really necessarily over the plate, but it was up. Um, Harris was kind of just a meatball, kind of just right there. Well, sort of. I mean, it was, but it was also like outer half of the plate that the kid turned on. Like, it was... The kid, all three of his homers weren't... They weren't inside Completely pitches. touched. They weren't... The kid didn't get all. I didn't think he got. One of them was an absolute missile. Well, they were all. There were ninety six, ninety six, and ninety eight on exit velocities. Okay. So none of them were really. I thought the second one was a line drive that was definitely gone. The last one I didn't know about. Last one I thought was kind of a skyscraper that might 
Um, you know, the way Robbie was playing it, it looked like it was probably going to catch the fence and just got over. But, um, you know, what were those? Were those his last three at-bats, too? Just homer, homer, homer? I don't know. I don't think he got out there in the last four, five innings. Or I'm so. tired of talking about him. I'll tell you that much. That was... Uh, you want to talk offense now? That was tough. I mean, especially, too, because it's the pitching staff that had the lead, and it's like you have all the faith in the world in Davis. And I had somebody tell me, like, you should have put Hunter Purdue in. And I'm like, well, mm. I don't know, man. Davis hair has been pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah there's no problem. There's no problem going to Davis there. And that's why I don't like when I tell you I don't 100% blame meat or I know where he's coming from. Is like I got my guy out there, and with my closer – I am never – in the MLB, your closer would almost never put on. Well, my uh, one other hitter. thing is don't walk the leadoff hitter, yeah. and you don't have to get to that point either. And it's not a go-at-home run either. So, um, you know, it's half on players. Well, I mean, it's, it's usually mostly on players. It's just, um, like you said, hindsight. I mean, that's what it is. I worried about it, man. I, I told you on the last podcast I worried about this game only because it was the classic look-ahead game to uh, – I think JU's beat us three last four games because I know they won the series against us. Oh, but their in baseball teams have been much, much better than well, the one that they currently yes. are fielding. Yes, um, I think Ju was two thirty-four out of about two hundred and sixty teams in the RPI. But um, their twenty nineteen team was pretty good. The one with that uh, with Angel Camacho. Yeah, I think they're, they're solid. Florida State's now two and five this year in one run games. Um, you know, five of ten losses have been by one run. Eight of ten losses have been by three or less. Um, Fifteen and ten at the halfway point. So. Because FSU added that FGCU game today officially. So, um, you know, 50 games exactly now. So we're 25 games in, and Florida State's five and 15 and 10. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of split the the one-run games around. You know, and FSU's maybe sitting at something like 18 you and 7. You win two more of those one-run one games. I mean. Like 17 and 8, 18 and 7 type of. You're feeling pretty nice. You're feeling yeah, pretty good about top, yourself. Top 15, top 10 team at this point. Yeah. So. I think uh, Florida State was a two in the projected – Field of 64 today in Mississippi State's regional. No, thanks. I would not like to play in Starkville. I don't want to. That's no, a hard you. pass for me. Yeah, that's definitely not Athens. It's not Georgia. I saw Florida was a two in Miami, so that's interesting. I might take USF there. They got a, they got a team. USF can play a little bit. Um, I know there's some beef there. <laughs> I don't want to play Billy Mole. Yeah, apparently he doesn't want to. No, actually, I do want to play Billy Mole. Apparently, he, he hates us or something. I don't know. Um, Hitting? Anyway. Hitting-wise? Hitting-wise. Let's talk some hitting. Uh, Matt Nelson, I mean, continue to stay hot, Matt Nelson. Um, 11th home run of the year, a grand slam. Um, I think it was an 0-2 pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just uh, I think it was a fastball. Um, you know, Nelly's really seeing, like, these outside sort of high fastballs in the corner right now. He is just crushing. I mean, every single one of them really doesn't have a chance to stay in the park. Um, you know, Homer was pretty much a no-doubter again, grand slam. Um yeah, I mean, that ball was crushed, I think. Um, you know, first grand slam of his career, I think it was Florida State's third of the season. Um, you know, Florida State goes up 5-3 there. Um, not much fun after that. But, uh, I mean, 11 homers in 25 games, that's pretty dang good. When was the last time somebody had 20-plus Florida State? I don't know. This man's about to make some money, y'all. Matt Nelson's about to make money, money. Like, it's about I mean, you're to You're not wrong. I mean, he's, he's about to make dirty money. Like, good for him. Um, he's worked hard. I think, you know, anybody who has met Matt Nelson um, and has had a chance to get to know him at least a little bit will, will say nothing but great things about him, you know. I mean, he, he, he's a good person, um, easy to talk to uh, media-wise, um, and, he, and he works hard. And you know those people that they say, like, in basketball, they're, they're gym rats, like they're basketball rats? Mm-hmm. Dude, Matt Nelson loves baseball. 
Matt Nelson and I have had conversations about like other baseball teams in college, you know, in the college game, and it has nothing to do with FSU schedule. Like the kid watches baseball, he loves it, um, and you know what? Catchers, catchers are usually like that, right? Like catchers, catchers are very cerebral about the game of baseball, um, and so I mean, I'm happy. This for man him. is also hitting 326. Yeah, he's gonna make some money. Tied career high five RBIs. Had the you know Florida drove in Florida State's first round of the first inning. Um, drove in Florida State's first five runs. So, um, you know, Logan Lacey also had a really nice night. Um, I did not realize that those two combined for seven of Florida State's eight hits. Oh, goodness. Or no, not seven of eight, but some seven of Florida State's hits. Um, Florida State was, I think they were 0 for 16 in the five through eight range of their lineup. Um, that's not much production. Um, probably want a little bit better there. But... Um, a good night from Vince Smith again. Um, you know, a couple hard hit balls. Um, you know, he's in that he had that clutch hit in the in the eighth inning before Florida State um, blew it in the ninth. But I mean, he's come up in some big moments now for he, a freshman. He's got a chance to be a, a pretty nice number nine hole hitter. I think. Yeah, yeah. And like I've always always thought he would be that for Florida State this year in that kind of double leadoff role like, because like, he's their future leadoff hitter. But to me, it's like he's the nine-hole hitter when like an opposing line, uh, opposing fan base looks at it or opposing you know team looks at it and goes, ah, oh, he's hitting like 175. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's hitting like 205. Automatic out, right? Yeah. And then Vince Smith goes three for four or uh, blasts a home run that you didn't expect. And um, that's because I think you're right, too. I think he has leadoff tendencies. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think Smith has a chance to be pretty special for Florida State in the future, too. But... Um, Anything else stand out to you about the offense? I thought, I mean, I thought it was a solid offensive day. I mean, you're not facing a great JU pitching staff. That's my thing. It's just, it's you're not. You messed, not facing very. I think good Jackson pitchers. Green had a had a poor attempt at a uh, at a bunt. Florida State was really bad trying to bunt last night, and they've been really bad trying to bunt all year. Really, what happened? I think he came up to bunt, missed twice, or he fouled off hit, two and struck out. Was pinch hit for Crowell because Crowell had been into pitch, I think, and I think Crowell had been taken out of the lineup already I don't, or he would have been taken out as a hitter and was only in as a pitcher so they went to green to bunt fouled two off and then struck out um that's why he was brought in there i know a lot of people were questioning why he had been brought in but um that was simply to bunt just didn't get it done that's just poor execution that's not really on coaching um you know nander was 0 for 4 um you know reese was 0 for 3 cabell 0 for 3 uh, I thought Reese had one really good swing. I thought he had, drove a ball to deep center that got um, run down by a center fielder. But, uh, you know, his average is down to 197, back under 200. But, um, you know, Lacey, three for four, up to 338. It's a pretty good dang two-hitter right there for you. He really is the – I mean, he's the guy that I think teams just lose in a scouting report a bit and you I, don't really think of. And he just – and he, all of a sudden he rips – he's got team high eight doubles now. That one through four, I think, really does a nice job of protecting each other. Like, I, I really believe, like... Well, they like, just complement each other well, do. I like, think. But, like, Robbie, Robbie's in between Lacey and Nelson who are hitting. Um, you know, Logan's between Tyler and Robbie. And, and those guys, you know, they've gotten hot together at times. And uh, I really want to see Reese kind of get going here. You know, I think mm-hmm. this is the time of year where you expect an Albert to kind of start making a move. Um, Elijah's going to be Elijah, I think. Yeah, um, I, I kind of wonder where we see Reese... Um, game one against Louisville. I kind of wonder if he gets moved down, um, flips with Crowell, or Cabell moves up. That, that's kind of an interesting thing for me to watch. I don't necessarily think he should be moved. I think he's kind of in a good spot right now where he's protected on both sides of him by sluggers, but I just think he's got to start hitting fastballs better is the issue right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chase Haney, clean inning, uh, was pretty solid. Good for him. 
Um, I thought Crowell was okay um, in his outing. but Crowell's kind of been up and down on the mound. Yeah, there have been times um, where he looks dominant and other times not, not so great. Yeah, but it's just, you know, I think at Freshman. some point, he's, uh, yeah, it's going to be really good at some point. Yeah. Um, two errors, not great. They actually were pretty costly. Um, hmm. Yeah, you don't like to see a two in the E column, especially the way FSU has been defending. You've liked the way they've played, but... Um, yeah, and I know some people have asked me about Tyler Martin at first base, but there's just there's really nowhere nowhere to put him. You can't really DH him because you have Corral DHing. Um, you know that is just you're going to be your first baseman this year. You need the bat in the lineup, yeah, hundred percent. You need the you need the the table setting of, of Martin in there. Yeah, he's too important. But all right, I think it's that's enough talking about Ju. Um, Tough. I mean, that's that's a bad loss, folks. Like that's that's one of those resume. It's it's killers. a midweek loss, and then they're not usually bad, but with they the circumstances right now, yeah, um, not great. Yeah. All right, let's talk Louisville, Brett. Um, wow, they're good. This is the best team Florida State's played all year, in my opinion. Uh, maybe Florida, you could argue it, but this is a mid. This is not a midweek game. This is a, a weekend series, and um, top five, right? This is top five Louisville team. Yeah, this team is, at least talent-wise, for sure. Um, this team's lineup is ridiculous. I mean, it's not fun to look at. Uh, two ninety-six is a team. They got one kid hitting four twenty-two, another hitting three ninety with eight home runs. That's the Henry Davis kid that you've been talking about. Dude, is, he, just, is he the first or second catcher taken this year? Uh, probably the second. Was it Del Castillo's first? Mm, probably. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Del Castillo hasn't played that well. The thing that sticks out to me here, man, is this team's got 76 stolen bases in in 27 games. Florida State hasn't had 76 stolen bases in an entire season since 2011. I mean, this team is going to pressure the heck out of you. And if you aren't ready to play some defense, then they are going to suffocate you for a series. Yeah, uh, they're the real deal, folks. Um, wow. Um, I'm just looking through it, and they got balanced. They got 31 home runs as a team, which means they got some pop. Four guys with at least five. One guy with eight, as I mentioned, Davis. They don't strike out a lot. The craziest thing here is the, their, their two best their two players that were expected to be their best players are the, the have been their worst hitters so far this season. Levi Usher and Alex Benellis were both preseason uh, Golden Spikes Award guys, and they have the two lowest averages in the, in the starting nine. So – that tells you how good this team is. I mean, if those guys break out this weekend or they break out soon, you're, you're, uh, everybody's in a lot of trouble. I mean, Brett, Louisville's been one of the best teams in the country for near a decade, right? I mean, it's maybe a little over a decade. It seems to just keep getting better at this point, though. <sighs> yeah, McDonald's a really good coach, folks. Like, that's that's one of the best coaches in the country. They're not far off from winning a, a World Series under him. They have they make Omaha often. Um they are really good, folks, and now you got to play them on the road. Uh, Eighteen and nine overall, ten and four uh, in the ACC. They are leading the Atlantic Division. Thirteen and four at home, and I want to say I'm look. I'm trying to find the polls. I think they're definitely top five. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Two ninety six average, four seventy five slug, three ninety three on base percentage. Goodness. Yeah, it's uh it's a team that's that's really good. They're projected right now to be a national seed. Um you Brett, know, the, you, uh, this is one of their Brett? one of their lesser um one of their lesser pitching staffs in a while though. It's not 
the lineup is very deep, one through nine with talent. Um, the weekend rotation is good, but there's not a ton in the in that bullpen. I don't think. I mean, four three three six area this year so far, um, two forty average against. Um, you know, I think ideally you would like Florida State to be playing a team that can't really hit a ton because you don't really know what you're always going to get, but uh, from the offense, but. Um, there's definitely some some there's definitely paths for Florida State to win this weekend, yeah. and I know you feel good about it. I do. Um, top ten, top ten team uh, consensus. That's what I was able to find. Uh, there's seven on D1 baseball. So um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of these matchups. Um, go through their stats here. If I can find it, I lost where I was at. Nope, found it. All right. Um, lineup, Trey Leonard, 422 batting average. That's really good for those of you keeping score at home. Um, 465 on base percentage. He has a couple of home runs, 17 RBIs. Uh, Henry Davis is a stud. Eight home runs, 32 RBIs, and he does everything else in between. They both can steal bases, six for seven and eight for nine. Um, I'm going to butcher this kid's name, I think, but uh, it's a good thing I'm not doing play-by-play. Um, Christian Napchik, I think. Napsik. Napchik. You okay over there? Christian. All right. Number nine. 338. That's, your, that's their nine hitter. Wow. That's that's nice. Cameron Masterman, he's been there for a little bit. He's got some real pop in his bat. Uh, 326 average. Cooper Bowman can hit. 323. Lucas Dunn, I think he's been in college for eight years. Um <laughs> He was like a Team USA guy at one point. 296. Um, Luke Brown, 289. Your worst hitters are hitting 289. Like, what? But now it's hitting 212, and that's their floor hitter. Yeah, with with five home runs and five doubles. And that's the guy that was basically like, between him and Del Castillo, those were the two like ACC player of the year picks from everybody, basically. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who who was the preseason ACC player of the year. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was – they were both picked by a couple different um, outlets. But um, this Levi Usher's got – Levi Usher has been on base um, 34 times and has 22 stolen bases. So this kid is not afraid to run, and this kid is awfully fast. Uh, you know, Bauman's also got 11 stolen bases, 10 stolen bases for Brown. Um, goodness, all these guys run, man. Yeah. They must simply recruit athletes. The Usher kid is just single time he's on base, it seems like. So, yeah, Brett, they're going to put a lot of pressure on Matt Nelson. Um, Matt, at times, has been excellent, and um, there have been other times, I think, where he has struggled um, containing runners on the base paths. But that's an area he's made a lot of improvement in, and I think this is the ultimate test this weekend for Florida State's catchers and also for the pitchers to try and hold runners on. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it goes both ways. It's not just – um, on those catchers, but you know, that's been like one of the biggest improvements we've seen from Nelly this this season. Um, you know, a lot of it's had to do with just the weight drop and the athleticism. Um, you know, we saw him make another one of those nice pick. Um, you know, I think he had a pick, kind of a pirouette, and throw down to third base. And I think it was the eighth inning of of that game. Uh, just another really good example of of what he's done and what he's improved on. Um, you know, it's just yeah, that's going to be a huge thing to watch this weekend. Uh, big matchup, and we'll see how much. Um, respect they give to Nelly and how much they want to run compared to what they usually do. Uh, defensively, not a great team right now. They're okay. 963, a uh, couple of guys with uh, at least five errors on the year and 
that could be an area that, that Florida State takes advantage of potentially. Um, the Knolls are probably going to have to, on their side, play clean baseball because you don't want to give this lineup extra outs. But, yeah, Brett, I think we profiled their offense pretty good. They've got seven guys you who you probably feel worried about. I mean, they can all do damage. And then the two guys that aren't hitting are two of the the more pedigreed guys, I should say. And Bonellis, I mean, he can hurt you with one swing of the bat. He's got five home runs and five doubles, even if he's hitting 212. So um, got to be careful. Maybe it's a lot like Cabell in some ways. Like, you just got to be careful because one swing of the bat can change it. They got some depth on their bench, some guys that they can bring in um, and, and, and do some things. Those guys will run a little bit too. Um, they have Ben Bianco, I believe, on the team. Uh, or Bianco, I believe is how you say it. Um, is that uh, uh, Ole Miss's coach's son, I believe? if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he started his career at LSU and then ended up transferring to Louisville, if, if I remember it all co- correctly. I'm not sure. But, all right, uh, pitching, the matchups. Let's talk, uh, looks like Parker Messick against uh, a really good one on Friday nights, Michael Kirian. Yeah, I got n- no improvements needed from Messick. Just all we want to see is him being his normal self. Uh, you know, I think we both feel good that Florida State's going to be in this game, at least just because of Messick and what he gives you on the mound. Um, for Louisville, they're going to go with Michael Kirian, um, big, big left-handed pitcher, six foot six. I think he weighs 260 pounds. Um, you know, I'd been a dominant back end of the bullpen type of guy for them, but I believe they lost all three of their weekend starters from last year high in the draft. So they turned to him as their Friday guy. Uh, I mean, he's got good stuff. I think he's been 91-94 this year. Uh, you know, he's really over the top. Um, ball can kind of jump on you, especially from that from that big frame. Uh, I'm trying to find his off speed. I believe he throws a slider um, and then a, also a changeup. Um, you know, both pitches have been able have been shown have shown to flashes of um, you know 50 plus above, above average pitches. I think he threw 117 pitches or something like that last week. So they're definitely not afraid to go deep with him into games. Uh, you know, I think he's kind of like Messick where they're going to be in most of their sat- most of their Friday games and have a chance to win a lot of those. Um, so it's definitely going to be a tough ask for Florida State on Friday, especially as they've struggled with left-handed pitchers for the majority of this year, I think. Yeah, his numbers on the year, Brett, uh, 212 ERA. This will be his seventh start, eighth appearance, 5-0 and record, and in 34 innings, he's got 16 walks to 40 strikeouts, just eight earned runs off carry and a lefty uh only f- uh, six extra base hits all year uh two doubles a triple um excuse me three doubles a triple and uh two home runs batters hitting just 203 off of michael kirian and as you mentioned he has been in their bullpen i believe he was their closer for the last couple of seasons i'm trying to remember correctly i believe that that is correct um yeah, he has uh, 11 saves in his career before being moved to the Friday night role, and he was pretty damn good, y'all. Like, he's really good. Um, Florida State's going to have its work cut out, and looking at some of his outings, um, he has been touched up a little bit um, comparatively the last two outings. Very good lineups. You know, Notre Dame on the road, he gave up three earned runs and four and two-thirds, walked six. That's something to keep an eye on, by the way. Uh, he's walked 10 batters in his uh, last 10 and two-thirds, so – Definitely maybe a problem, and Florida State could maybe take advantage of that if Kirian is struggling to find the strike zone. But three earned runs against Notre Dame, uh, three earned runs against Wake Forest, um, and he walked 10 between the two. He does strike out a lot of guys. I expect Florida State to probably strike out against him at least eight times, 
maybe in the double digits. Um, there's a pretty good chance of that. Um, but, you know, maybe run his pitch count up and see what you can do. They, they are not afraid to run him out there for a while. Um, he's, I think, tossed 124 pitches once at NC State this year. So um, he will be out there. His ERA 212, as I mentioned, he's a lefty. Florida State has struggled some against lefties. So um, it'll be a, a all-southpaw matchup on Friday night. But you know what? I think this game probably, you know, will be uh, under six runs for both teams for the winner. And it's going to come down to who has those clutch hits as, as Friday night games often go. Yeah, like we've said all season, Florida State's just got to have those timely hits to win games and they got to play clean defense. Um, you know, I think Florida State's going to be on that all-turf field for the second time this year. Um, you know, Florida State had a couple struggles with that turf field in Virginia Tech. I'm sure they're all a couple a bit different, but interesting to see how Florida State plays some of those hops in the outfield and in some of those harder hit balls in the infield. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to – um, a late inning sort of situation where whoever comes up with that big hit or that big play in the field is probably going to win the game. All right, so Luke Seed Saturday against uh, Bryce Hubbard. We imagine Hubbard will get the the, the start again on Saturday. Um, those game notes haven't come out, so we don't know. Um, the official rotation has not been set, but we feel pretty good that Hubbard's still in there right now, and he will go up against Luke Seed, another lefty. 150 ERA, start number seven on the year. Doesn't last a, a whole lot. I mean, 24 innings on the year total, 13 hits. That's really impressive. Only four earned runs. He does have some walk issues at times, 14 walks in 24 innings, 22 strikeouts, and batters hitting just 160 off of Luke Seed. Um, pulling up his numbers now. Looks like he was a junior college transfer um, before coming uh, to... Uh, Louisville, John A. Logan College, and he was teammates with Cam Robinson and Luke Brown. Those are some guys that, that are on the Louisville team. So uh, Juco, he was a Juco All-American, and so far this year, Brett, let's see, uh, pulling up his stats uh, game by game, he uh, had not gone more than four innings until the end of March, and that's when, uh, against Notre Dame, he put it all together, six and two-thirds, only one earned run, Three strikeouts, one walk, uh, Wake Forest, seven innings. Gave up just uh, another earned run, and it uh, looks like he's been pretty good for them this season. D doesn't look like he's a huge strikeout guy, so maybe this isn't the guy that's going to strike out Florida State ten times, but he's going to give them a chance. He's going to battle, and, um, yeah, Florida State's going to need Bryce Hubbard in there uh, to be pretty good. Yeah, first off with Hubbard, it's going to be, um, you know, that the, the location of his fastball, not necessarily down, but – um, you know, hitting the corners and making sure to keep the ball out of the middle zone and then keeping the curveball um, as a pitch for strikes, but also that pitch down at, at the at the ankles for hitters swinging over and tunneling off that fastball. That's just a big thing for him, this tunnel, 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 everything. Um, when he tunnels, he's really hard to hit. Um, you know, Seed is a guy that, like you said, not really a strikeout guy, um, you know, 85 to 88 with the fastball, just a pitchability pitcher. Uh, you know, the changeup is the really big thing for him and the thing that he gets a lot of the ounce with, um, a lot of weak contact, a lot of weak contact, a lot of rollovers. Um, you know, Florida State has struggled with these type of pitchers in the past. I'll be interested to see um, how they approach him. I'm thinking that you might see even more changeups than fastballs from Seed. Um, also has a low 70s change, I mean, curveball, um, big breaking ball. Uh, you know, <clears throat> he's just going to be one of those guys that, attacks you by just letting you get yourself out sort of I think rather than trying to go 
um, you know, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. So it'll be an interesting matchup. These two left-handed pitchers are kind of the opposite of each other and the way the attack hitters. So um, I'm pretty pretty excited to see this one and how, and how it pl- plays out. Yeah, so am I. Um, trying to see if I can get a, uh, a report, scouting report of any sort on um, seed. It doesn't look like he throws very hard. Just looks 85, like a, 87-ish. Yeah, so it looks what? Yeah. I mean, that's a contact guy. Um, 70, the changeup is just the, it's just, guys have not been able to lay off that changeup this year, and he just gets weak contact consistently with it, it seems like. Okay, so Hubbard and Seed. Uh, I think, you know, Florida State's going to want to take at least one of these first two to feel pretty good about Sunday. I think once you get to Sunday, um, you Anything feel you feel really good about Grady. Like, if you, if you go into Sunday, Brett, and it's a, a rubber match, like – I don't know. I feel like those are just the kind of games you want Connor Grady out there for. Um, they're going to go with, I believe, Luke Smith, who was the the infamous uh, FU guy from uh, the College World <laughs> Series. You know, the guy mouthing the FU. And if you haven't seen it in oh, slow mo, mouthing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we couldn't hear it. Oh, yeah. He's definitely he's definitely it. yelling some f bombs, and uh, he had something to say. It was at Vanderbilt, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he was their bullpen guy. Could really bring the heat. And uh, on the year, I believe Smith, 474 ERA, hasn't been the same starter um, that he was as a uh, bullpen guy, 24 and two-thirds. He's two and two on the year, 28 hits, 13 earned runs, 11 walks, 17 strikeouts, batters hitting 292 against Smith. He's given up six home runs. So um, seems like he has left a few pitches up. I'm looking at more of the scouting report. I believe he's up to about 95 with the fastball. Um, he has he has some pretty good stuff, and uh, let me see if I can see any more here, folks. Um, yeah, I'm surprised Smith's numbers aren't better. Um, his stuff yeah. is pretty good. You know, good slider, good changeup. Yep. Um, you know, also has a curveball. The guy that uses four pitches, um, kind of a little bit like Grady with the fastball, where he'll settle in in the low 90s range after a couple innings. Um, you know, has been able to run it up a bit when he's in the bullpen, but as a starter, he's been more 91, 92. Um, you know, that's kind of where you have to do the damage against Smith. If you don't get to the fastball, then you may struggle um, against the off speed, uh, especially when you got you got to adjust to three of them. You know, like um, Seed, you know, got a good change up for some swing and miss. Um, yeah, it's, it, Smith, I know the numbers aren't great, but it's a tough ask on a Sunday for a team to go against, I think. Yeah, no, he's tough, but I, I will you know, say also, Brett. And also a senior like Grady, like you said. Yeah, um, I will say, though, Brett, he doesn't usually go past 80 pitches. Mm-hmm. He, they, they usually cap him under 85. I think the most he threw was 83 against Wake Forest. Yeah, I think this, this is his fifth year there, right? And I don't think he had really ever been anything but a bullpen arm first first four, right? Yep, and um, last couple, he's given up some runs um, in each of his last two starts. Cincinnati um, on March 30th, Wake Forest on April 4th. Um he can be hit. I think he can definitely. He's someone Florida State probably isn't going to go up there and be overwhelmed by. I would have loved if Connor Grady could have walked off the mound against North Carolina and walked straight into his Louisville outing because I don't want him to change anything from that. I mean, the, straight from the North Carolina outing to the Louisville outing because the North Carolina outing, it doesn't get any better than that. Did not miss any spots basically the entire outing. Connor's been really locked in and, and focused. Brett, sometimes it just seems like – Connor only sees the catcher and the umpire and nobody else. Like, he can really tune out those environments, and that's exactly what you want from a guy who's probably been out there now over 50 times it's in like, his career. It's like he's pitching in a church or something. Just, I mean, when you've pitched in Omaha and you've pitched 
um, in Athens. Uh, it, it just, like, I think we've said it before, like, it really doesn't get bigger than that. So it's hard to get, you know, scared or, you know, he's just out there doing his job and, uh, you know, just having a fun time, really. That's all it is with Connor Grady, I think. Yeah. And so, all right. So, Brett, what what are your keys to the weekend for Florida State? If they come out victorious, what's going to have to go well? Well, like we said, like we talked about earlier, um, you know, Nelly really being strong defensively behind the plate. Um, you know, you're probably going to need some homers to win this series for sure. You know, you're going to need a big hit from – Elijah Capel, you'd like to see Reese Albert get going. Um, just that top of the order really going for you is what Florida State's going to need this weekend. Um, you know, just throw strikes, really. I don't think you don't want to give this Louisville team extra trans- chances, especially with the way they run the bases. Um, I don't think they're going to walk a ton of guys. You know, they haven't done it a ton recently. Uh, but just play clean baseball. Don't give Louisville extra chances. If you give Louisville extra chances with their speed, um, their coaching, their execution, they're going to take advantage of you. So you just got to play clean baseball um, and get those timely hits or else it's going to be a long weekend, I think. But, um, you know, I think we know what we're going to get from Florida State pitching-wise. It's just hitting-wise. You're going to need that big inning for sure, I think. Yeah, and I think Louisville has been very good at having that big inning at home a lot this year. And um, I don't know what their stadium policies are, Brett. I imagine it's going to be a decent crowd on hand, um, w- whatever they can fit in there. Normally they are one of the better you know, crowds, and they, they do have a, a decent ballpark. And um, I think they're one of the few that used to be free. I think it was like free admission for a while. And so um, tough place to play. But I'll tell you what, Florida State's had Louisville's number quite a few times while they've been in the ACC. And so Nelly had um, a two-home run against them, didn't he? Yeah, his freshman ago? year. I believe so. Be nice to have another one of those. Yeah, I remember specifically too. Just going back in, into memory lane, 2017, Florida State was kind of trying to figure out a path to getting uh, into the NCAA tournament, and it started at Louisville, where um, I believe they, they won two, two games, and yeah, then the, they got to cancel out. The third one rained yeah. out, uh, and then the ACC tournament was actually being held across town in Louisville. And so Florida State beat Louisville the third time in front of like 13,000 Louisville fans. And so uh, I remember Tyler Holton had like some insane like 12 innings against Louisville combined or something like that. And like seven or eight hits allowed, 18 strikes. Like he shoved twice. Like they had nothing for him. And it was was pretty funny. And uh, Florida State, I think, ends up winning that ACC tournament, I'm pretty sure. And uh, yeah, that was the year that they, I think, beat North Carolina. I think Mendoza had a homer in the ACC championship game. Um, yeah, that's just, I do remember that Louisville's 2017 series though. And then yeah. sweeping in two games. That's a nice little two game sweep. The beat UNC, I think in the ACC title game. And that was like a payback for UNC sweeping FSU earlier that year in Tallahassee. And so the Knowles got the hardware, um, in, in that game. And so Mendo came up big, but yeah, so Florida state Louisville, um, it's going to take a lot, man. I think FSU is going to have to play it's a really, really, really good, good team. Like, play. yeah, they, this is the best team they've played all year. Yeah. So, and it's the best team I think they'll play in a series this year. Yeah, I mean, and they usually are. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's usually no secret. And um, I think, but Florida State is probably the one team in the ACC that can match up with them hand in hand, talent wise. So if Florida State executes, they're going to be right in there with them. I agree. And I don't think there's any reason for them to be scared of them or anything like that. Yeah. So you know, Florida State is just going to have to play clean baseball. You're going to have to have some home runs, I think, and think some timely hits and. Um, I think your starting pitchers, all three of them, are going to have to to perform at a high level, and I actually think they will. I'm I'm very confident. For some reason in this series, I really like Florida State. So um, let's do predictions. I guess I basically just gave mine, but I'll let you go first, and then I'll kind of elaborate on why I believe FSU will win. 
I think Florida State will take the first game and drop the last two. Okay. So you, you've got Louisville two of three. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Knowles two of three. And, you know, I just like this team when they've been asked to to rise to the occasion. Like, they've they've done it multiple times this season. And um, I just have a feeling. I don't know. The Knowles have played well against Louisville. They've usually mentally been there and engaged. And, um, yeah, I mean, I could see Louisville winning the series. I could see Louisville sweeping the series. I just – I see Parker winning Friday, um, and I think Connor wins it on Sunday. Like I kind I, of have a good feeling about this series too. Starting to you starting to switch that? Just just before, right before first pitch, you gonna feel yeah. really good or really bad? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Big series, folks. Knowles cards um, from uh, Louisville, so it'll be a lot of fun. And um, I think the Sunday game is on ESPNU. So those of you who don't get ACC Network. Comcast, folks. What's up, Xfinity? ESPNU. You I didn't even know it. ESPNU was still around. At this it point. is. It sure is. 396 on Xfinity in HD. My parents have it, so I still uh, I still know those channels pretty well like the back of my hand. But, um, yeah, big big news there. You got, uh, is it 6 o'clock or 7? No. Uh, Give me the times. On, I think Friday, it, oh, Saturday. Six, I think it's 6, 1, and 3. 4. Darn it. I think Saturday's 4. I know that one. You win. Okay. Well, you, you knew the first two times, so we'll give you that. Um, spring game on Saturday for football. If you're not going to that, um, heck, if you are going to that and you're tailgating, pop on the baseball game at 1 o'clock. Um, that'll be on ACC Network Extra. Um, Brett and I will be back, I think, either Monday or Tuesday of next week, probably Monday, to try and get this podcast out before the Florida game. And um, we'll hopefully have a, a pod available to you on either Monday late afternoon or early Tuesday morning. Um, for your listening pleasure. But, uh, all right, uh, five stars, please, if you can. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, leave us a review on Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Pods, and uh, Brett and I will talk to you soon. Uh, Masudi and Nevitt, out.